Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and today I would like to talk about breaking it down. And what I mean by breaking it down is I mean everything from training to mental game to understanding TLC's program, um, just kind of understanding what it takes to get everything together. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So let's talk about um, realistic goals. In most cases, and this is if you know what you're doing and you can commit three to five days a week minimum to it, you're looking at teaching a horse their basics for one year, teaching them their pattern for another year as you haul for exhibitions and um, exposure. And then the next year is seasoning. And I always took my horses to like 30 or 40 races maximum a year. I kept my miles pretty low, but I always wanted them to last 10, 15 years. So I wasn't like some barrel racers that were hitting 50 to 80 a year. So 30 to 40 was my maximum. But let's talk about training. Um, A lot of times uh, people aren't even sure where to start. The um, I break it down real simple. You want to be able to have control of five body parts of your horse. The nose, the neck, the shoulder, the ribs, and the hip. And in order to get control, you need to have connection with their mind and able to put their feet hoof placement where you want them. So that's going to really require you to be a good horseman. And you have five ways to communicate with your horse. Your eyes, looking where you want them to go not looking down their neck when you want them to go in a nice circle or a straight line, but looking between the ears, maybe a quarter turn ahead in your turns, maybe 20 to 40 feet ahead when you're in straight lines, Um, your voice, easy boy or smooch to hurry or the all favorite loose rein whoa, Um, you know, all of those things can be very helpful, kissing and smooching. I definitely want my horses to know what woe means. Um, In barrel racing, my horses knew that woe was to start raiding and here was to turn and smooch was to hustle out of the barrel. Um, So I wanted to keep it simple, the kiss theory, keep it simple silly and have three really light, simple cues. To me, uh, less is more effective than overriding a horse. I wanted to have a go cue, a rate cue, and a turn cue. And when I was doing my slow work, my turn cue would become a softening or shaping cue. So anyways, so you have your eyes, your voice, your body. Your body should have a go cue, a a rate cue, or woe cue, and then a neutral cue. Your hands are very important um, to operate in a six inch box never pulling to the side, lifting to your chest, never getting behind your saddle horn, staying no higher than saddle horn, no lower than withers, somewhere between, you know, a six inch box of a go cue forward uh, up their mane towards their ears, a rate cue back by the saddle horn with maybe a two hand or one hand check and a turn or shaping cue as simple as one inch up and back or even just your pinky Uh, and turning your wrists under, so it can vary. And of course, it's going to vary your hand cues. um, If you have a go horse or a woe horse, you know, you're gonna be more in the forward position on the lazy horse, more in the uh, 
vertical lateral collection cue of rating, um, more on the horse that's strung out that needs more collection work. So with that said, you don't want to cross your withers either because that can pinch their face. It can cause them to dump on their front end and lose forward motion. You don't want to pull out to the side or back to your thigh because that can stiffen the shoulder and make for a slower turn instead of a snappy turn. And so there's a lot of things. Hands are so important. That's why it's important to do dry work and drills that will help you have your muscle memory down and a really good line of communication with your horse. Because let's break it down. For training, you really want a relationship built on respect, trust, and communication of cues. And all this should be done from a place of love, in my opinion, for um, riding with heart of my goal when I started my business to help one horse and rider to have the best relationship they could. So I also um, think that you should never set them up to get hurt or you to get hurt. And I have a lot of other principles, but that's in another podcast and theories that I stick by. Um, So then your next thing, we talked about eyes, voice, hands, body, and then all important legs. You know, legs by the front cinch controls the shoulder, leg by the back cinch controls the hip, you know, a little bit in the middle can soften the ribs. Um, Legs are so important. Sometimes you might use scissor legs and use the inside leg to keep shoulder out and outside leg to keep the hip in, in the back cinch. you might use your outside leg by the front cinch to straighten the shoulders, uh, leaving a circle or leaving a barrel a turn. Um, so, so really breaking down your cues is so important. You really, to be a good competitor, you've got to be a good horseman, a good trainer. You've got to know what your five cues mean to your horse's five body parts. You've got to use give and take pressure. You have to think like a horse. You have to understand things from your horse's perspective and how, um, how they're they're thinking you know what's normal to them and try to work from that place Um, that way you connect to their mind before you even get on your horse you should come to them from a place of getting them in their thinking side of their mind instead of their adrenaline or flight side of their mind and you can do that simply a minute or two of just face flexing laterally to their um, to your saddle stirrups Uh, relaxed and standing in place and lowering that head and softening that neck and just get them relaxed before you ever swing a leg over Um, you can do some lunge line or lead rope work where you just get them going quietly at a walk left right forward backwards um, yielding a front end or a back end all of those things get a horse focused on a cue and get them in the mindset of thinking instead of adrenaline Often I see people just swing a leg over and a horse trot off really hyper and the head in the air and the the rider has two hands on the reins pulling back and they say, oh, I just need to ride them down. And all that can be avoided. Um, And you're also teaching them that that's the norm and you don't want to teach that. So one rein, one hand on the rein, um, lateral calming cues, um, connect on the ground before you swing a leg over you know get them in the habit when you do swing the leg over you're going to face flex left right and down before you ever walk off to teach patience and calm before you go off in a a hyper state so so really really 
break your training down and really analyze yourself as a writer, as a communicator, as thinking like a horse, and be sure that you can do that. Um, next uh, is competition. You know, um, you really want pretty and confidence and consistency before you want fast. And when you start adding speed and things fall apart, slow it back down. Even if you just have to slow it down to one barrel, maybe you just gotta go slower to first again because they're not handling covered arenas like they handle outdoor arenas. Um, And then maybe you can pick up the pace to second, third, and home. But really pretty, consistent patterns are the place to begin. And once they're consistently pretty patterns, that will give them confidence and the speed's just going to start coming. Seasoning is a process. It's a process of different arenas, different ground conditions, different atmosphere and adversity, uh, different noise levels. Uh, There's just a lot. And eventually you're going to learn if you have a nice quality horse once you get them seasoned you're going to pick and choose the pins that they excel in because you don't want to one waste runs two hurt them or three um, set yourself up to lose you want to win so you're going to start to know uh, where your horse excels and that's where you're going to start running them you know like I said you do have to season them to figure that out that's all part of it but that's for breaking it down in competition, that's how simple it really should be. And um, and that's really important. It's important that you understand that it takes time. And that's why your first year can be kind of up and down, you know, your futurity or your novice horse year. And um, you really, you know, have to think, okay, I lost my rate. Now I need to go back and get it back. So I'm going to slow things down in competition. I'm going to do more um, collection, transitions, stopping, rollbacking, backing, that kind of thing. Or my turns are getting stiff or they're dumping on their front end or they're stepping off, missing a spot. Um, I'm going to go back and work on straight lines and two pretty circles and then straight lines and two perfect circles at a trot to a sit jog. So I really mimic the cues of go rate and turn that I would be using in competition. So there's a lot of things that you can break down your competition and say, Hey, this is where my hole is. Um, So I need to over-exaggerate that in my slow work during the week, like over-finishing a barrel or or maybe riding their hip all the way to the backside and maybe giving a little bit more room going in and on the backside so that you can finish tight and get that hip up underneath them Um, or not starting your turns too soon. That's probably the number one issue people do is they mess up and they give their rate and turn cues at the same time or their horse takes the turn cue too soon. Um, Those are things to consider as well. And that's why being able to pick up the shoulder and ride the hindquarters up underneath them all the way to the backside and to each spot, your entrance, your backside, your exits, that's really important. Um, So we're going to talk about mental game now. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Morning. One moment. I have to learn to drink water at the 11 minute point, I think. Mental game, you really want to learn to see 
see a good run in your head. You need to learn to set goals and you have to believe in yourself to achieve those goals. And a lot of times people see negative things. If you're one of those people that see yourself going to the fence or see yourself hitting a barrel, you've got to learn to replace that with, I can get to my spots. I can have a nice pocket around the barrel. I will give my horse more room or I will sit early and say, whoa, and my horse will rate and collect and come back to me and have a tight snappy turn. You have to see that happening. You have to see you and your horse working as a team. Mental game begins at home during the week when you prepare together. That bonding and that um, relationship that you build while you're out pasture riding for conditioning or while you're doing dry work or drills to improve your reflex and muscle memory with each other and responsiveness and softness that will start giving you confidence. Then you visualize yourself on the pattern, maybe walk the barrels slow or trot the barrels slow and really put put them exactly where you want them to be so that they know this is what's expected. And um, with that, then you'll they will know where they're supposed to go and the body position and, and amount of space that you want around the barrels. You're going to show them all that slow so that you'll have confidence that both of you are on the same page on competition day. Visualize your run in your mind every day until that day of the barrel race. And then when it's time to run, clear your mind, focus on one or two important things and like riding to your spots or using your legs, whatever it is that is your thing. And believe in yourself. That's how we achieve. But again, we can't reach our dreams if we don't believe in ourselves and we don't set goals. So that's really, really important part. Being positive, um, you know, knowing that you're a great rider, you have a great horse, and this can be your year. And just taking one day at a time, one run at a time is really important. Learning to let go of anything that didn't go well and learn from it and and improve on it the next time that's so important um so next i want to talk about the fourth thing is understanding my program i mentioned it can take three years to really get a horse solid a year of basics a year of pattern and hauling for exhibitions a year of seasoning and entering 30 or 40 shows in a year if they can handle that many maybe only 20 you have to work on the individual and see what they can take. Um, but it's a three year program, basically. Um, I mentioned earlier in training five body parts and five rider cues. Now I'm going to talk about threes, three year program and riding to your three spots. I learned early on that riders needed, um, to know what I was trying to communicate with them. So I broke my barrel turns down into three spots, the entrance, the backside, and the exit. And um, depending on the horse's size, stride, sorry, I can't talk, size, stride, and style, your pocket or sweet spot could vary. So on a little caddy horse, your arc to first or your approach to first may only be a five to six foot arc an average horse maybe seven or eight a big bubba maybe you know nine to eleven foot arc um your pocket going into the turn on the caddy horse maybe three to one um you know three foot going in 
On the average horse, it might be four foot going in. On the big bubba, it might be five foot. But you'd never want to be less than three or over five going in in order to get to your next spots on the backside and the exit. You have to learn to ride a quarter turn ahead, um, not looking down their neck, but between their ears and, and riding their hindquarters to each spot. A lot of people let their horses turn when their shoulder gets to the barrel. You really want to get that hip to spot one and then get that hip to the backside spot too. It's so important. You want that shoulder picked up. You don't want them overloading the front end but you don't want them rocking back so hard in a rollback that they come back and hit a barrel leaving either. So if your horse is front endy or rollbacky, you're gonna really need to focus on spot three, the exit, so you don't hit a barrel leaving and keeping them in four wheel drive. If you have a more um, four wheel drive type horse that keeps moving around the barrel, you may only need to focus on spot one and spot two, and then you can look for your next uh, barrels pocket for the next barrel um, in competition. In slow work, you're going to want to look at all three spots, but it's really important um, to understand about, you know, my spots and about um, when and where to look. I know that confuses people. When I leave a pattern, I'm going to look straight. I'm sorry. When I leave a barrel, I'm going to think straighter longer. So I'm going to look up in the hole, maybe three or three to five feet to the side of the barrel and three, three or four feet past the barrel. I don't really like to look at fences. I like to really own my real estate and pick my dirt that I want to ride to. And again, I like to look between my horse's ears. With my focused eye, I'm looking where I want to go. But with my peripheral vision, I can see the fence. I can see the barrel. I know where it's at at all time because my soft eye sees the barrel. But my focused eye looks exactly where I want my horse to go. Because if I'm vague, my horse will be vague. But if I'm specific, my horse will feel my energy, feel my body, and go where I want him to go. Remember, 80% of your cues should come from your eyes, your face, your shoulders, your hips, your body. 80% from your seat to your face um, is very important. And then only 18% needs to come from your legs, your calves, and your feet. And then only 2% needs to be your hands and always using hand and leg together, always using give and take, never pulling. When you pull on a horse, they're just going to pull back and leave the turn or leave the pattern and it just gets ugly. So the worst thing you can do, but the first thing a lot of novice riders do is get heavy handed and that's just going to be a nightmare for you. So remember, 80% should be with your energy and your body, 18% with your legs, and only 2% with your hands, give and take pressure. And so that's very important in the TLC cues as well. So I talked about how long it takes to make a horse um, riding to TLC spots, but I can tell you this, before I would ever show a horse the barrel pattern, my horses need to have fancy broke buttons on them. They need to be able to do my dry work. And that means face flexing, left, right, down, transitions from a fast walk to a slow walk off my body, fast post trot to a sit jog, a extended canter to a collected lope, straight lines and circles at a walk, trot, and lope, all sizes, all speeds. They need to two track, leg laterals. I should have control of the shoulder, the hip. I should be able to pick them up on their correct leads in a circle and a straight line. I should be able to get nose in and out, shoulders in and out in circles. I should be able to 
counter arc my horse. I should be able to laterally bend my horse. I should have perfect circles at every speed and every size. Um, there's just so many things. They should woe on a loose rein. They should back up easy and light. They should be able to break in the pole, lift their top line, and use their hindquarters well. Um, I should be able to side pass, roll back. Um, all of those things are all important in your dry work. Then once my dry work is solid, I'm going to be able to put them on my drills at a walk, trot, and lope. Once they can do my drills, maybe spirals or D-pattern or all lefts, all rights, or go rate turn drill or up down drill once I can do all of my drills really well I know they're ready for the pattern sometimes I will walk and trot the pattern as I'm teaching dry work and drills because it's just straight lines and circles but I won't do it if I don't have control of the nose and the shoulder because I'm going to teach them that hey look there's a barrel I'm just going to turn it now and then I'm going to have a horse that's anticipating the barrel and not have good form and not using their hip around the barrel and that's why you don't teach the pattern before you teach the foundation and that's the main reason because it's too easy for them to zone in on a barrel or pole instead of on the rider's cue and if they don't have a foundation they didn't get first grade second grade third grade fourth grade they got thrown into high school or college before they ever finished elementary school then you're going to have a problem so don't do that really get them solid like I mentioned you have that year of basics that year of pattern and that year of hauling um, I mean seasoning so on the the year that you're teaching the pattern you can haul an exhibition for exposure but then that year of seasoning you're gonna even the year you're seasoning um, you're gonna still you're gonna still need to go back to basics during the week you're gonna pay attention to their emotional mental well-being are they happy do they feel good um, Pay attention to all of that. Get your vet to check them. Make sure your dental work is up. Um, chiropractic, farrier, good balanced feet. All of those things matter. Do they have ulcers, bleeding lungs? You need to know your horse. Um, take them on trail rides. Go work cows. Give them some change. Maybe teach them the pole pattern. Uh, take them to an arena that you only do slow work, like a Western pleasure class if you have a hot horse. Um, do gate work score the alleyway there's just so many factors that you're going to have to keep up as you're seasoning as you're hauling watch out for hot spots whenever things go wrong change it up slow it down give them time off all of these things have to be considered do not um, put your horse on a human calendar put your horse on their own personal calendar go at a pace that they are um developing a horse that has heart ride with heart meaning to put the horse first before the competition to always give a hundred percent inside and outside of the arena but by all means developing a horse that has try and the way that you do that is telling them what a good horse they are rewarding a good effort petting them after everything that they do that they try for you not over drilling or overworking not riding them in a saddle that hurts them, not um, going when you know that they don't feel right, you know, stay home or, or go back to the training pen, but by all means, um, do what's best for them. So that's what TLC is, that's what my program is, and I hope discussing these um, 
four main topics with you today. Um, training, competition, mental game, and understanding my TLC program gives you a little bit of insight to, to me and my program that I've developed over 29 years with over 1,500 horses and riders and um, seven of my own personal horses. And, you know, it's just been a really awesome journey. And my whole goal in the very beginning in Colorado was to just help one horse and one rider have a better relationship. And, um, and doing that through horsemanship and understanding how horses are. I love the sport of barrel racing. I always will, but I love horses more. So, and I always will. So to me, nothing makes me happier than seeing, um, owners that love their horse, no matter if they give them a 1D run or a 4D run, you know, whether they give them an A plus or a C minus, they still love their horse and they put their horse first. So, um, you know, love your horses like they're your kids and, and, um, you'll never go wrong. So thanks for tuning in. And as always ride with heart.